0: Warning,
1: File 13 contains content that may be too disturbing for some audiences. It contains graphic descriptions of crime scenes. It may not be suitable for children under 13. Listener discretion is advised. It's January 10, 2013 in Valdosta, Georgia. Mrs. Johnson was home while her son, Kendrick, was out attending a local basketball game. She'd expect him home soon because it was getting late, but she noticed it was later than what she thought. So now she begins to worry. She calls his phone, but there was no answer. So she decides to go to the school to see if she could find him. When she gets to the school, all the lights were off. So she goes back home with the intention of going back to the school the next day. And that is exactly what she does. It will become a day that will forever be the worst day of her life. This is the mysterious death of Kendrick Johnson. Authorities have now reopened the investigation into a Georgia teenager found dead inside of rolled-up gym mat eight years ago. 17-year-old Kendrick Johnson went missing on January 10th of... Listening to File 13 I'm your host, Kawami Curry, and here we discuss the unsolved murders in Black America. And what I like to do now is what I do every week, and that's thank the team that makes this podcast possible, starting with my amazing co-host, Bam, the brilliant head of research and development, Raven Clark-Gross, the equally brilliant, Jessica Hollis, our research consultant and owner of Phoenix Creative Services. She helps us with research, interviews, editing, and fact-checking. The man who brings us the amazing sounds of suspense in the opening credits, Mr. Rana Sapiano. And finally, our voice actors, Mr. Corey Scott, Lisa Waters, Medina Smith, and Coco Rain. Now, this case that we have today made national headlines. And I'll have to be honest, this case had me on an emotional roller coaster. Just when you think there's some reasonable explanation behind something that happened in this story... Something else pops up and just completely obliviates that theory. And I'll be honest, even after all the research, I still don't know where I stand on this. I'm leaning more way than the other, but I'm still very conflicted. On January 10, 2013, Kendrick Johnson, according to his mother, was supposed to be going to a basketball game after school. Now, while she wasn't expecting him to be home immediately after school, it had gotten very late. And we're talking late to the point where mom begins to worry. So she calls the cell phone numerous times and there was no answer. It had gotten to be around 11 p.m. So Mrs. Johnson decides to drive up to the school to look for her son. But the school was clearly shut down. All the lights were out, it was very dark, no cars were there. And after midnight, the distraught mom filed a missing persons report with the police. She then went back to the school the next morning. Her thinking was that if Kendrick had been out all night and wasn't home, he'd be back to school by morning. But when the first bell rang, Kendrick was nowhere in sight. In fact, his mother had learned at that moment that her son had not been to his third or fourth hour class the day before. So now mom is in panic mode. She's in the school offices, understandably upset, scared, worried. And at that moment, a call came into the office that completely changed everything. A to her, Kendrick had been found. He was still at school. He had never left in the first place. But not because he hadn't wanted to leave. Kendrick was dead. This particular school had two gymnasiums. One the kids very creatively called the old gym and the other called the new gym. A group of kids were hanging out in the old gym when they saw something over in the corner. There was a bunch of rolled up mats where they were standing up straight. They looked like wrestling mats. The reason this is important is because according to Crime Junkie, this was only three days after school resumed after Christmas break. But before then, half the mats had been laying horizontally while the other half were vertical. These mats are about six feet tall. So the kids saw something white sticking out the top of one of the mats. So they climbed the bleachers to get a closer look when they looked down, they saw something that looked like a sock. Being goofy kids, they started talking to the person in the mat as if they were just stuck, asking if they needed help, asking how they got down there in the first place. But after a while, the kids realized whoever was in there needed help. So they ran to go get that help. They caught the attention of a teacher who was able to pull the mat down. By then, it became very obvious that a person was rolled up in that mat. However, the smell of decomposition told everyone that whoever was in that mat was dead. The police were notified. No one touched the mat while they were waiting for the police to arrive because when the cops got to the gym, the mat was still tightly secured around whoever it was that was in there. The police were able to quickly identify the victim as 17-year-old Kendrick Johnson. Kendrick's mother was notified, but she was only notified that he was found. It took some time before Kendrick's family was even told that he was deceased. Not long after Kendrick's body was taken off school grounds, the sheriff made an official announcement explaining to the family and to the general public what had happened. So according to the sheriff, he said that on January 10th, Kendrick had PE, physical education, as his next class and went to the old gym to grab his shoes, which he shared with another kid. So I guess I need to explain why he didn't put his shoes in the locker like most students. This school charges his students to use lockers, and Kendrick and his friend didn't want to pay. So to get around that fee, the two boys would hide their shoes in a rolled up mat. They weren't the only ones who actually did this. This was a very well-known thing that a lot of kids did. Kendrick ran into a problem because he normally put his shoes Where he normally put his shoes was in one of the mats that was laying horizontally, but after the school break cleanup, the mats were standing straight up. Authorities believe Kendrick climbed on the top of the bleachers, crossed the mats until he found the one with his shoes in it, then he wiggled his way down into the mat to get his shoes and got stuck. Eventually, they theorized without the ability to breathe in his particular upside-down position, Kendrick died from what's called positional asphyxiation. So let me define what that is. Positional asphyxiation, also known as posterior asphyxia, is a form of asphyxia where which occurs when someone's position prevents them from breathing adequately. People may die from positional asphyxia accident, accidentally, when the mouth and the nose are blocked, or where the chest may be unable to fully expand. Positional asphyxia is very hard to diagnose. I personally had a baby cousin who died this way, so I'm kind of very familiar. His name was Angelo, and we actually shared the same birthday. He couldn't have been more than about six months old when he died. He fell behind a bed and got stuck between the bed and the wall upside down. Being that he was six months old, he didn't have the physical strength to be able to pull himself out, but being stuck behind that wall blocked his breathing, and he passed away. It was very sad. So I do understand what they meant by this manner of death. However, I'm not saying this is what occurred with Kendrick. In his case, it's ruled as an unfortunate accident. But was it? I couldn't find anything during my research that said when his exact time of death was, because one of the problems I have is that the gym is extremely small. Students still use this gym and consider the close quarters someone should have seen him or heard him if he had called for help. So I don't know. This bothers me because I can't make any real sense of it. When Kendrick's family got the news on how he supposedly died, they did not believe it. And they said publicly. But you know, as the family of the victim, you're not really going to accept any explanation that doesn't make sense. So the public might perceive you as being a bit biased. That is, until the family got more access to the case records and gained access to Kendrick's body. The tide turned, and the public began to rally behind the family, demanding answers. Daddy Issues, the new album by Lauren Nicole, is out now. Come into the world of the R&B songstress as she takes you through her journey of love, life, healing, trials and tribulations. Check out her smash hits, I met a guy, sorry, and look who's crying now. Daddy issues the album, streaming on all platforms. Dive into the world of unsolved murders in Black America with File 13. Each week on Wednesday, we explore a new case, whether it's local, historical, or from national headlines. Come with us. As we tell the stories about the people who are less likely to have their murders solved, file 13, where we believe a cold case is not a closed case. Everywhere you listen to podcasts. And now, back to the story. public demanding answers along with them. What the family decided to do is what I call they pulled um, Mamie Till. Now, what that means for those that may not understand is that when Emmett Till, a young 14 year old boy, was murdered for allegedly whistling at a white woman, what Mamie decided to do was have her son decomposed body shown to the general public to cause outrage. And that it did. So what Mrs. Johnson did was do the same thing. They posted photos of Kendrick's body for everyone to see. I don't know if anyone that's listening has seen his photos, but if you Google his name and images, you will see exactly what the family meant. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to try to uh, make these uh, provide a link on our social media accounts, whether it's Facebook, Twitter. Um, to where you can publicly see these. the only reason why I'm doing this is because the family themselves released the photos, but I don't want to post them to where someone can just come to file 13 and just see a photo of a decomposed body. So um, you can either go on Google and hit images or check our social media sites, and I'll provide a link where you can go and look into that in this particular case. But that is one of the reasons why they don't believe that this was some random accident. Because when you see the image, you'd understand why the family feels that it wasn't a tragic accident, but that Kendrick was actually beaten and killed. You'll also understand why people began to rally around the family demanding answers. So what I'm doing now is I'm actually looking at the photos of Kendrick's body. And the best way that I can describe it is um, his upper torso looks to be discolored. Um, I don't know if this is because of the blood. Um, His face is extremely swollen, his eye is swollen, and it's it's really kind of hard to describe. It does look like perhaps some bruising on his chest, but you can clearly see that it was, you can clearly kind of see why the family would think that they would. Now, when I also, I also have to take in consideration that according to this positional asphyxiation, if Kendrick was upside down, then all the blood in his body would be rushing to his head, especially if he's there for the amount of time that he was before his body was found. So perhaps the swelling could have come from the blood rushing to his head. I don't know. It's kind of hard to determine. However, what wasn't known at the time and what the family didn't reveal was that this photo was taken immediately after um, Kendrick's death. Actually, it wasn't actually taken after his death. This picture that you would be looking at was taken after the autopsy at at the funeral home. Now if you know about the way autopsies are done, you'll remember that they have to kind of peel back the skin from the skull to access the brain. So because of this, the facial features will appear swollen and disfigured. But in the family's defense, I believe this was the first time that they were actually able to even see the body, so I don't think the family was trying to trick anyone. I think the family was just under the assumption that this is how his body looked after it was rolled out from the mat. Because there is actually a picture that is shown on how he looks after he was rolled, first rolled out of the mat, and it does look different. He don't look as swollen, but you can tell that there is a stark difference. Because of that point, other evidence in this case is also called into question. First upon that list of questionable evidence are the dimensions of the mat. The hole in the mat was 14 inches, but Kendrick's shoulders are 19 inches wide. That's literally a five inches wider. So it's physically impossible for him to just simply fall in. So it would seem like he had to be rolled up into the mat, right? As an example, Kendrick's father reenacted the scenario himself trying to squeeze into a mat. With a 14-inch diameter hole opening, but he was unable to. Kendrick's father and Kendrick is around the same size. The reason it makes perfect sense, however, here's the problem we run into. If you're trying to grab something at the bottom of a mat, you're not going to go, you're not going to go head first. You're likely going to reach an arm out. Maybe both to grab whatever it is you're trying to get. So when you see photos of his body, when it is pulled out of the mat, you see one arm was above his head and the other was near his waist. Like he was trying to make himself thinner to fit down to the narrow opening. That, with the help of gravity, makes the original explanation sound much more plausible. But again, this is all still speculation. But there's more. Now, we move to evidence point number two. The shoes. The shoes. There are two sets of shoes. One set was found rolled up in the mat with his body, right behind his knees. They almost look tucked behind his legs. I can't say with confidence that someone put them there. It's just hard for me to imagine that the shoes just fell into there or just been thrown in there to where they would look like they've been packed into a suitcase. But this set of shoes isn't even the most bizarre thing is actually the other shoe. Those shoes were underneath his body and this would be the shoes Kendrick was reaching for. There was also a pool of blood at the bottom of the rolled up mat. I mean, if you think about it, if you're hanging upside down, blood rushes to your head and stays there. So it it then begins to leak out of different orifices like the ears, the eyes, the nose, the mouth. But the problem is the shoes he seemed to be reaching for are on top of the pool of blood. If Kendrick was reaching for shoes that are already at the bottom of a mat and he's hanging above it with blood dripping down, it would make sense for the blood to be on the shoes, not for the clean shoes to be sitting on top of the blood. That's just extremely strange to me. I mean, we could possibly blame it on lousy forensics The cops maybe move them or possibly they could have stage or could have been staged by the murderer. So now we move into the third piece of evidence. The blood that was found on the walls of the gym and the streak found in the girl's bathroom. Now, testing told us that the blood wasn't Kendrick's, but it didn't tell us who blood it was. They said the blood was old, and I'll be honest, from my research, this appears to be sloppy work on the part of the police. No evidence was collected to say that they didn't keep the shoes no in-depth forensic testing was really done the family felt like police made their assessment and there was no room for anything else uh so there was no need to preserve anything for future testing in case something came up that might possibly change the trajectory of this case the final piece of evidence in this video footage with all the cameras the school had and all the hours of footage, they didn't have video footage of the events that happened that day. The cameras that were aimed at the mats didn't pick up anything, and on top of that, they were out of focus. To me, that's, an, that's a convenient inconvenience. Some of the other cameras were motion detecting, so people would have to be in a certain distance of the camera for them to start recording, and that gave it an appearance that the camera was altered. Because footage would show kids randomly appearing and then disappearing. But that's due to motion sensors. Timestamps in the video will be sporadic, so I can completely understand why some would believe it was altered. So according to my source material, the family had to sue to see the video. However... That was because the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act prevents school footage from being released without a court order. Not because the school or the police were trying to be difficult or obstructing. I mean, if we think about it, the video has hundreds and hundreds of other minors in it. The strange thing is that CNN got a hold of the tape. And when they did, they said the timestamps were off because the cameras were linked to multiple servers and that the servers weren't synced together in the end. It appears that there was over an hour and a half of footage missing from the video. Dive into the world of unsolved murders in Black America with File 13. Each week on Wednesday, we explore a new case, whether it's local, historical, or from national headlines. Come with us as we tell the stories about the people who are less likely to have their murders solved. File 13, where we believe a cold case is not a closed case. Everywhere you listen to podcasts. And now, back to the story. So fast forward all the outrage and support coming from the community, the family finally got the case reopened. The Attorney General of Georgia at the time, a man named Michael Moore, did a reinvestigation. A part of that reinvestigation was exhuming Kendrick's body and to do a second autopsy, which as a result made things much more mysterious. After Kendrick's body was exhumed, the medical examiner was completely dumbfounded. Because all of Kendrick's organs were missing. And in the place where his organs were supposed to be, they found newspaper. Okay, so let's back this up a little bit so I can explain. During autopsies, organs are removed and tested. Sometimes they are replaced in the body and sometimes they are not. The reasons may be due to the surrounding factors of the death. Sometimes the organs are preserved and set aside in case future testing may be needed to be done, especially when you have a case where it's under mysterious circumstances or may show foul play. They may need it for evidence. Using newspaper to stuff the body cavity wasn't out of the ordinary, even though that practice is kind of old and outdated. Nowadays, they usually use cotton. But my concern is that no one can find this young boy's organs because everything sent to the funeral home is now missing, including Kendrick's clothes. So even though the organs are missing, the medical examiner was still able to assess the body, and he found something very interesting. He found a bruise around his neck that was indicative of being hit with a blunt object. So I see this bruise may be the answer, In the report it read, quote, blunt force trauma Right neck involving right mandible and soft tissue, including the area of cardinal body, consistent with inflicted injury. Note, unexplained apparent non-accidental blunt force trauma. Further investigation is indicated to determine the ideology of the injuries, unquote. So now we have a medical professional with no bias telling the family, your son's death was no accident. So the family thinks Kendrick was attacked by another boy and the boy's brother and their friend. These boys were on the football team, and apparently he and Kendrick had gotten into a little scuffle over the course of the year before Kendrick's death. Kendrick's family was sure that this had to be with what had happened, and the family felt that the other boy's family and their connections with the FBI is what kept him out of trouble. But the problem with this theory is that one of the brothers was seen on the other side of the school during the time Kendrick's body was discovered. Well, but during the time that he died, I'm sorry. The other was at a wrestling match. Now, there was a whole back and forth with this, and I'd rather not really get into it because there was nothing really substantial that I could find out about it. But eventually the case was closed in 2016, and this came all the way down from the feds. The family requested a third autopsy in 2018, and again, it came back as non-accidental. It said his death was a result of blood force trauma to his right neck and thorax. The Johnson family provided an affidavit from a witness who said that an acquaintance confessed to killing Kendrick by hitting him in the neck with a 45 pound weight. All of that information was provided to authorities in 2018. In 2021, The case was reopened for investigation but as of january 2022 it was closed again saying that the death was accidental as a spectator on the outside looking in it's kind of hard to tell with confidence what happened but as a father and if something happened to any of my boys or any of my children i would fight until the bitter end if i believe that my child was killed Of a lawsuit against 38 individuals, stating that his death was a murder and that the respondents were participants in a conspiracy to cover up the homicide, which they claim involved those two sons of the FBI agent. That lawsuit was subsequently withdrawn. Georgia Judge Richard Porter then ordered the Johnsons and their attorney to pay more than $292,000 in legal fees to the defendants, accusing them of fabricating evidence to support their claims. If you have any information that can bring new light to this case, please contact the Lowndes County Sheriff Department or the Valdosta Police. Thank you for listening to File 13. Please let us know what you think about the show. If you like it, please leave us a five-star rating. If you don't like it, please leave us a five-star rating anyways. You can email us at thefile13 at gmail.com if you have any suggestions for us or if there is a case that you may want us to even look into. And remember, new episodes drop every Wednesday, so join us next week as we dive into the death of Kwan Charles. If you are one of the criminals that committed this crime, or any other crime, and you can hear the sound of my voice, I want you to remember, a cold case is not a closed case. Have a good evening.